What's going on, Auburn fans? Welcome back to The Jungle Show here on Auburn Daily. We are here to talk about Auburn's big win um, on Wednesday night in the ACC-SEC Challenge over Virginia Tech by a score of 74-57. to My name is Gray Oldenburg. I'm here with my dad, Chris Oldenburg. We're here to talk Auburn basketball just like we are after every single game. But let's, we're here to talk about – Dad, we're here to talk about today the Auburn win over Virginia Tech. Obviously, the new thing, the ACC-SEC challenge is a brand new thing this year last year it was kind of a mid-conference season we would do it with the big 12 and we had the sec big 12 challenge like last year auburn went to west virginia ended up losing that game this Ooh. year the home matchup against virginia tech in the acc sec challenge and took care of business wasn't pretty wasn't perfect we're going to hear we're here to talk about it but we're here to talk about how auburn got this big win dad what are your initial thoughts uh, about this game, and then let's uh, let's break it down. So I think that uh, I like playing this before conference season starts. Yeah, uh, they were talking about that on the broadcast a little bit last night with the difference between playing it not preseason but before conference play, as opposed to taking a break in conference play. And the the coaches I think were pretty adamant about we'd rather do it before conference play starts. Cause once you get in conference play, you kind of put your head down and go. Mm -hmm. um, there were some good games in the, in the challenge. Uh, I, sure. it was, it's, it's good to beat any team that has Virginia in the title of their school. Uh, I know it wasn't the university of Virginia. Like I want to have another shot at, uh, but it was it was Virginia Tech, and and I don't think they're a bad team. They're middle of the road ACC team, so it's it it's it was a good win. I agree. I, I think the this challenge is set up pretty well for the future. You know, we saw mm -hmm. saw a lot of the same repeated uh, weird matchups when we had the SEC Big Twelve Challenge. I think this is just like a fresh start. I guess a very, very good conference. I think these are two conferences mm -hmm. that are uh, similar in in terms of uh, firepower and, and potential to uh, be unbelievably good in this uh, in the tournament and, and have deep teams. Um, so you're going to see really, really good matchups. You know, when you talk about matchups like Georgia going to Florida State and beating them. Talk about uh, Mississippi State going and losing to Georgia Tech. You know, Clemson going and slacking Alabama uh, uh, in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, and then you got matchups wasn't like that a, hang Arkansas. On, hang on. Wasn't that a tennis match in Alabama? I thought that's that right. Was a that's match. right. It was a tennis match, actually. Thank you, Jay Williams. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Jay Williams. <laughs> and then you got like Duke and Arkansas and North Carolina, Tennessee, and yes. and Kentucky, Miami. Like that's a. Those are good. Okay tournament type match i mean sweet 16 type matchups that mm -hmm. you're seeing all across the sec and the acc i think it's good for both conferences and i'm excited to get future opponents you know bruce said this you know we're recording this thursday night the game happened on wednesday night the in tiger talk bruce pearl said he was asked this question what team do you want to see next in this challenge starting next year he was like i'd love to see a team like duke or north carolina with that much tradition of blue blood whether it's home or going to that that location that would be really something cool. Also, would love to. Have, I know you you mentioned it earlier just a second ago. Another show. Love to have another crack at Virginia. Absolutely, I think all Auburn fans would love to play Virginia again, especially in Neville Arena. 
Uh, but yeah, we're here to talk about Auburn's uh, 17-point win over Virginia Tech. It really felt like Auburn was in control of this game from the start. Was not pretty. Auburn did not play offensively the way that uh, we've seen them play in the past few games and, and kind of establish and didn't shoot the ball particularly well um, from the inside and out. Uh, two of 16 from three went 10 of 17 on layups. Uh, it was just it wasn't it wasn't a perfect offensive game. You didn't turn the ball over a lot. You only turned the ball over eight times. So it's not like it was sloppy, but it just ball wasn't going in the basket a lot. Um, but Auburn's still able to get it done. Except for one. Uh, it was going in the basket anytime he wanted it to for, for Janai Broom. Yeah. But I, I think the problem that the offense looked chunky and a little like we were, it was too much work for a, a couple of times. Uh, and that was when we couldn't make an outside shot yesterday. Uh, was, was that because we've been off for eight days or, or what the deal was? I don't know. Aiden couldn't make a shot. Uh, um, 12 couldn't make a shot. Uh, he finally got some free throws to go in and and kind of got his confidence back. Uh, Trey Donaldson played well when he came in. He made a three off of a off of what would have been the end of Neville Arena had CBM's dunk gone in. Uh, but basically for three quarters of that game, it was Chad Baker Mazzara and Janai Broom running the offense. Yeah, so offensively, and we're going to stick on the offensive end for a little bit because I've got a lot to say about this team defensively. Um, a lot of good, I'll, I'll mention that. Um, but offensively, it did look stagnant at times when Auburn didn't have the threat from the three-point line. The only two three-pointers that were made in this game was Cheney Johnson buried one in the first half from the corner, and then uh, the the – Trey Donaldson three off the pass, which would have been the greatest dunk I've ever seen in person if Chad Baker-Bazaar would have finished that game. By the way, I, I know I'm just rambling and going off topic here. Great atmosphere last night. Students were there. It was packed. It was loud. It was ruckus. It was not a tennis match. I guarantee you that. <laughs> that, game, that was a basketball game. That was an SEC basketball game inside of an SEC basketball arena instead of a tennis match inside of an airplane hangar. So let's just yeah. – I'll, I'll get that out of the way. Um, but, yeah, just like you said, what a game for number four. Janai Broom finished with 30 points, 13 rebounds, uh, went 11 of 19 from the field, didn't make a – he shot two threes, didn't fall. Um, it, it, you know, we, we'll, we'll talk about free throws and stuff, but this game is the prime example, and we were talking about this pre-show. This game was the prime example of y'all are not shooting the ball well on offense. We're not really shooting the ball, shooting the ball well on offense. Oh, but guess what? We have number four, and y'all don't. Y'all don't have a player even near number four, what number four can do, and we just kind of buried them away. And and I know Virginia Virginia Tech made some runs here, but th this game was never out of Auburn's it control. It was, it was Auburn all the way, and it was because of Janai Broom and what he was able to do both offensively and defensively. And, I, again, he mentioned how good this team was on defense. I'll get to all that in a sec, but talking about Janai offensively, again, it just looks like he had the confidence that he knew he was the best player out there. He knew that nobody out there was going to stop him, and he he executed well. I know he 11 and, of 19, I him to go 14 or 15 of 19 and had 40 points and make two or three more free throws. He probably has 40 points, but it's just like <laughs> – 
you can't see there's not a, there wasn't a player on Virginia tech that was going to be able to stop him. And I think that's a, uh, kind of a preview of what we are going to see this year when this team goes in an offensive slump, especially shooting from the outside, like they were, um, we have Jani Broom. They don't. Mm-hmm. There's not a better center in the SEC, and he proved that again last night. He – so the thing that impressed me probably more than anything with him, and he was two points short of his career high that he got it when he was at Moorhead. Yep. Um, and and like you said, if he makes a couple free throws or knocks down one of those threes, he obviously gets that. The thing that I loved watching for him last night is he was sprinting from one end of the court to the other, and they were not ready for that. Yeah, I don't think they realized that he was going to do that. At Moorhead, he was heavier. He didn't he didn't really run like he did last night. He's dropped some weight, added muscle, and and he was, uh, and and the guy that was guarding him is a good player. He just was not ready to run up and down the court like that. Yeah. Um, Janai was beating him down the floor, and and the announcers on ESPN pointed it out several times that Janai is like once that rebound is secured, he was sprinting to the front of the rim, and he got several at probably four dunks, one of them off of a beautiful alley oop pass for Maiden Holloway, one handed from about mm-hmm. the timeline. Yeah. Um, and if he keeps doing that to where he's not having to work in the post to get all of his points where he can get some easy buckets and get his confidence up and start putting his hand down like they're too small. Cause he loves to do that and, and getting into what the crowd's doing, he's going to be hard to deal with. And, and look, I watched the Clemson Alabama game. They don't have a guy that can guard Janai. Not at all. They not don't. at all. There's there's about Clemson seven. Or eight. Yeah, not them. Uh, there's about seven or eight guys who, or seven or eight teams in the SEC that just don't, and it's going to look like this. And that's what I was kind of pointing at earlier. All right, so one more guy I want to talk about when we talk about on the offensive end. I know it look it just didn't seem like Aiden was having a good game on the offensive end. None of his shots were going down. It looked like his confidence was down, but he also played pretty well rotated the offense, bringing the ball up the court, pushing the ball up the court, as as was Trey Donaldson. Trey Donaldson played really, really well offensively. Jalen Williams, we need to get more from him. It just looked like uh, he got in foul trouble early. He missed a, a lot more. Early. Yes. A lot it, more. It, it, but it, when it, it looked like he got in foul trouble early, got his confidence low early after missing a, missing a couple shots, it just seemed like he was not a factor outside of that and one that he got, which was off an offensive rebound from him. Chris Moore didn't do anything offensively. I know you said – you talked about Denver, made some free throws, ended up with eight points. KD didn't do anything offensively. Uh, didn't see anything else from uh, from like Dylan or, or, or Chaney outside of that three from Chaney Johnson. But, look, Chad Baker-Bazzaro, man, that dude can play. maker. He's, He's a, difference. a difference maker. Absolutely. And every team, not even in the SEC, every team in the NCAA clowned Auburn after we missed on like Matthew Cleveland and, and missed on those guys to play to come in and play the three to replace Alan Flanagan. 
and we went to to the JUCO ranks and, and picked up Jacob, Chad Baker Mazar. People were like, who who is that? Oh, they're they're finding out. They're finding out how good this kid's playing. And he's long. He used his length to his advantage last night. I know he went zero from three from three. Two of them just uh, didn't look like his feet were set. He went five of five from the free throw line, four rebounds. He technically has three assist or technically has four assists. They counted him as three. Technically has four because that missed dunk should count as an assist. Um, I agree. Right I was just looking at that a minute ago. That was the best yeah. pass of the game outside of Aiden yeah. Holloway's uh, alley oop. Um, yeah. But he is he is turned into something special on both sides of the court. And this, this is kind of how I'm gonna transition into um into how good this Auburn team was on the defensive end. I know, I know you got something to say. What, what do you got to say? Just Chad Baker Mazzara is becoming that guy that is must watch TV. He's he's going to do something. He's going to he he's he's gonna he's a high riser. He's going to get fouled when he drives into the lane. Uh, he does better drawing fouls than anybody I've seen in a while. Um, and he's a very good free throw shooter. And he he's what we missed last year at the three slot. Allen is Allen is good and Allen is playing really well at Ole Miss right now. But but I I don't think he had well he didn't have the length of a Chad Baker Mazzara. And I and I think Chad's a better shooter overall. And and like you said, you transition to defense now, and the length of a guy like CBM is what separates him from a guy like Alan Flanagan. He had a couple steals that was just – they thought they had an open pass, and his arms were like, no, you don't. <laughs> I know you can't see that on a podcast, but I did it really good. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, I kind of moving in to talk about how good this team is defensively. This team moved up to number 11 in Kimpom def- on, uh, on the defensive end last night because of how good this game was. And there wasn't a player on the defensive end that I was like, ah, I kind of need to do better. Uh, because if there's been a player all season, I've been like, Aiden, Aiden may get a little exposed because of his size. He, he, may, he may get a little bit of exposed due to his size. But Aiden played great. Aiden had three steals last night. He was, he was playing great on the defensive end. His yeah. quickness, as long as that, that goes – as all for all the guards like Denver, like uh, Trey, like KD as well, all of their quickness combined with the length that you have at the three and the four. When you talked about mm-hmm. CBM, talk about Chris Moore there too, who played. I know I, I mentioned that he didn't do anything offensively. He's unbelievable on the defensive end and, and rebounds really, really hard. And, yep. and, and he's a leader as well. So he's he improves the entire team on the defensive end. So you got to give him credit for that. Jalen was good on the defensive end. Cheney was outstanding on the defensive end. The block that that Cheney had where he went up and just basically grabbed it out of the guy's hands on a layup was highly impressive. And then you, you add all this onto the defense, and then no matter who's in the game at center, whether it's Janai or whether it's Dylan, You've got an eraser behind you, and I know it's not a Walker Kessler level, 
But Janai had three blocks last night. I, he, both of those guys have the ability to erase anything. I tell you, Dylan is one of the best players I've ever watched when it comes to going vertical on those sort of things. Yeah, I agree. He, he I agree. that is, uh, and I wasn't going to mention that, but like every single time somebody is attacking the basket and Dylan is there, he is as vertical as you can, as you can make out. And when, they, they every, time Dylan gets called yeah. every time Dylan gets called yeah. for a foul, I'm like, that's the wrong call because Dylan yeah. doesn't foul there. It's not a foul. They called a foul on him last foul. night and he was straight up and down and there's, and he's jumping backwards. He's not jumping into him. He's jumping backwards and got his hands up almost behind his head. Yeah. And I, I agree. Not a foul. Not, not at all. Not at all. I agree. So, but let, let's talk about what this, some of the stats from the from this defensive game from Auburn. They went, they held Virginia Tech to 57 points. Here in Neville Arena, they Virginia Tech shot twenty-seven percent from the field. They shot and they had twenty-one turnovers. Auburn had thirty points off of those turnovers. I this is crazy, and and you got to credit uh, Bruce and his staff. You got to credit these kids for playing super hard and how talented they are on the defensive end. But man, did that arena and that atmosphere help as well? Because Virginia Tech's two guards, uh, Hunter Couture and Sean Petula, uh, number zero and number three, if he, <laughs> if you weren't there at the game, it's kind of hard to tell in the TV broadcast. Because after Padula and Couture's air, air ball earlier in the games, it's hard to tell the the level of noise that the air ball, every time he touches it, air ball, air ball, air ball. It's hard to tell that level of noise because the, the TV broadcast and that sound is sitting right by, or right in front of the students. You only get the four or five students that are standing behind because they're chanting really loud. That's all that sound picks up. The whole arena is chanting that at these two kids, by the way. And, and poor Sean Padula, number three, ended up 0 of 9 with seven turnovers in this game. Um Mm. The students were in his head the entire game. Mm -hmm. He was minus 20, uh, plus minus. Hunter Couture ended up having 16 points. He went to the line nine times, converted seven of them. Um, I mean, but he went four of 11. He was struggling. I mean, what this – there's no way. And I'm, and I'm pulling this point in. I'm bringing all this random information in to say this. There's no way after watching and hearing and seeing with my eyes the atmosphere and the uh, the type of talent this team has on the defensive end and how well they mesh together on the defensive end with the erasers behind mm -hmm. them, the length that they have, the quickness of the guards, the hands of the guards and the forwards. I don't see how teams score over 60 points in this arena unless you bring in an all-NBA player because – Auburn is one of the best, if not the best, defensive team in the SEC. And I, before yesterday, I would have said it's probably Tennessee. North Carolina just hung 100 on Tennessee. And Auburn, I know Virginia Tech is at North Carolina, and it was a, a different location. But they held this Virginia Tech team who's been playing pretty good and will go to the tournament and will be a very good basketball team to 57. 
I don't think there's there should be no more discussions on who's the best defensive team in this conference. I'm not trying to argue with the best <laughs> offensive team at all because two of 16 from three, that's straight. I mean, just didn't shoot the ball well. I understand we're, we're pretty good offensively and we're going to be fine. I'm not the numbers from this game don't worry me at all. But I there's no argument that somebody can make to tell me that there's a better defensive complete team in the SEC right now. Okay, so Tennessee's really a good defensive team. I I agree. Carolina embarrassed the stuffings out of them uh, last night. Um, what Bruce Pearl said after the game about the defense, I think, is the key to what's happening at Auburn right now is, is these kids are starting to enjoy holding people down. Uh, they're starting to enjoy playing defense. Mm -hmm. And and because defense is all about effort, if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to give a lot of effort. And I, I may have the quote wrong, but that's basically what he said, is they're starting to enjoy stopping people. And, and with the length and the athleticism that we have, we've got a chance to be a very good defensive team, if not the best. Yeah. Um, the I, I love how we can switch one through five. I, to be honest with you, especially when Dylan Carbwell's on the court, because he moves his feet against guards as well as some of our guards have. And he uses um, his length. Sorry to interrupt and you. He uses he, his he uses his link, right. and, and Janai does this as, as well. But a lot of big guys don't Hughes to their advantage. There, they're like, "Oh, I'm going to guard. I need to be as fast as I can." Well, no, Hughes, your six ten, six eleven wingspan, and you're seven feet high. You're seven feet tall. Yeah, Hughes yeah. that to your advantage. That way, you don't have to move as fast as that little guard. They're both and, of them doing and great. Janai, and even when they're not erasing shots, blocking them. We had several blocks. Janai changes shots just because he's intimidating. Mm -hmm. I know he's not as big as Dylan, but but he's got a little edge to him yep. that, that you get one blocked, you're not going back at him. And, and, and he's going to try to embarrass you as much as possible, and he's changing people's shots. Now, those those guys aren't as good as the guys some of the guys we'll see but the 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 one point guard couture or whatever is the leading three point shooter in Virginia Tech history and he made i think two three pointers last night uh our three point defense has been fantastic the whole year uh, the thing that I was worried about a little bit is going into halftime, we were up nine. They made a little bit of a run, but we haven't really put two defensive halves together. And and part of that is in the second half, they played, we play defense opposite our bench. And Bruce says the communication between the bench and, and the players isn't as good. I thought our defense was as good, if not better, in the second half. Uh, stealing the ball, getting breakaways, uh, rebounding. Yeah, they out-rebounded us. But I didn't feel like we – I thought we played as good, if not better, on the defensive end second half. 
Um, I, I'm going to say that has more to do with the way the the two guards were playing at the time for Virginia Tech because they, I mean, it could. they were not, they were literally non-factors in the second half. And, and I think it kind of bothered Virginia Tech. Um, and, it, and it bothered their guys that came off the bench in the second half that were playing really well in the first half, but, and, and, and they shot the ball better in the second half um, than they did in the first, especially from three. But I'm telling you, it's, I, it's hard to disagree with you though, because of the fact that Auburn, I know they allowed more parts points in the second half. They allowed nine more points in the second half than they did in the first, but they were forcing more turnovers in the second half. And not only were they forcing it, but it was leading to buckets on the offensive end. And that's the absolute best thing. You had 30 points off of 21 turnovers. That In a game you win by 17 where you made two threes. You made two threes in this entire game. You beat an ACC school by 17 points because two yeah. things. Your defense shut them down, and, and they couldn't do anything in the atmosphere. And you have Janai Broom, they don't. Yeah. That's that's pretty much it. I mean, that, that, that's all there is to say about this game. And uh, but let's let's talk about what this game means moving forward for Auburn. So pushing this one back in 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 the pass or in the rearview seats and it's in the rearview mirror. We're driving away from it. Up next is on Sunday we go to Appalachian State. Uh, uh, okay, all right. Um, uh, Sunday at noon. Uh, it's a first chance for a, a kind of an early game for this Auburn basketball team. Uh, all of their games have been at night. Uh, so there's different, completely different uh, view and atmosphere and, and getting to play a true road game. I think that's important. Um, I, this one will be interesting. I, I, I'm very mm-hmm. interested in this game. And then you get the, they got the Rocket City Classic against UNC, UNC Asheville and Huntsville. I think that'll be interesting as well. So moving forward with this Auburn team, a question I want to kind of lead you into a, a discussion is we saw what Chad Baker-Bazaar was able to do against Virginia Tech. We saw what he's grown into. I think uh, his I think his 15 points against Virginia Tech kind of solidify himself for this for this argument. Does there need to be a starting lineup change with Chad Baker-Mazzara bolted into the starting lineup and Chris Moore to the bench? Or does Chris Moore's leadership, defense, rebounding fit better with the starters where you have more scorers and you don't need a guy like Chad Baker-Mazzara? So do you keep that and keep what's working for you? Or do you push a guy who's playing unbelievably well off the bench into the starting lineup? And mesh him with guys like like Holloway, Jones, Jalen, and Janai. So since you brought this up pre-show, I've been trying to decide what I would do. Yeah, me too. I, I'm a I'm typically a person who says, let's if it's not broke, don't fix it. And it's not broke right now. Um you got Mazzara coming in. With that second unit with KD and and um, and uh, Trey mm-hmm. and kind of 
really the energy from that second unit with him and KD on the floor mm-hmm. kind of gives them a spark when the other team may be playing their second unit as well. I think I stay with it as it is right now. Uh, I, it, and it and my my opinion may change Sunday, yeah. uh, but but I think I stay with it as it is right now. I I think we get a lot from Chris Moore, not offensively, that you can't get out of almost anybody on that team. The just the leadership itself, the rebounding and the toughness. Yeah, uh, he's a he's a bulldog out there. Yes. And, and he's going to go after things and he's going to give you, he's going to give you toughness in that starting lineup. And, and then you put Baker Mazzara and KD in the game. And all of a sudden the energy actually goes up, not down. It goes up with those two guys in. And then it, it, it's who finishes the game. And when it comes to finishing the game, I think if Baker Mazar is playing like he did the other day, he's definitely in the lineup to close out the game. He's a good free throw shooter. He's a good ball handler. He can get fouled and he can defend with his length. So I, I, I think starting wise, I probably leave it alone, but, but when it comes down to crunch time, it's, it's Aiden it's uh, it's uh, Denver. It's Chad Baker Mazzara. I'm having a hard time saying Jalen. Yes, it's Jalen. Because I just haven't seen it's Jalen and it's Jani Broom if they're not in foul trouble. Yeah, it, it's Jalen. And, and <laughs> I understand why you have a hard time saying Jalen because Jalen has not had the breakout game yet. That I nope. said right before the season started, I said, look, Jalen, every year, all four of his previous years here, it has taken a while. It has taken a bit for him to get in the groove, get meshed up with some of these guys. He's never played with Aiden Holloway and Denver Jones before. I know the same goes for Janai and, and for Chris in that starting lineup as well, but it's new. It's new. I think Jalen just needs to have a game where he gets his confidence back up. He goes four of six or five of seven from three, has 15 to 20 points and eight rebounds, and it just looks like Jalen's the best player out there. He has that game. Then I think he's automatically – I think he's 12 and seven a night. He's the all-time winningest player ever to play here. I know. He's the senior. I know. He's the leader. I I I understand. He's my Swiss Army knife. Yes, uh, but I, to the to the fans who are upset with with the way Jalen's playing right now, pump the brakes, pump the brakes yeah. on this because look, this Jalen is gonna be gonna be okay. He's gonna be fine. I don't know. He's gonna have that game. All right. So so the pass to Janai too on the fast break behind his back was stupid. It was just Glorious. unbelievably good. So if a, a lot of it. Closing games depends on the situation, but you could actually go small and put Aiden and and Trey. Right. We've we've done that. Yes. And put Denver and CBM and Janai. And let CBM play the four. He could play the four. He's six eight and he's yeah. long. 
So, so if you wanted to go small and have ball handlers, that's how you can finish it out. Bruce really is going like to look, Bruce is going to get the lineups like he wants them and he's going to trim down his rotations a little bit, but there's no need to do it now. No, it's still quote unquote preseason. You trim those down right before conference starts. You've yeah. got, you've got a big game, a big game, a game away from home at a, at a opponent's place. That's going to be rocking. You know, it's sold out in Boone, North Carolina. There's nothing else to do except hike. And it's a beautiful area. Um, so, you know, that one's sold out. You go play Indiana and Atlanta. Indiana is not great, but they're, they're middle of the pack, big 10 team. And then, you invite Bronny James to come in and play at Neville Arena. Yeah. And in case you all haven't seen it, he He's has been cleared to play and will start yeah. practice. He'll make his debut. I'm sure he'll make it in Neville Arena. Yes, because if you've ever – I know everybody that's listening to this podcast understands, but if someone who – if you've never followed Auburn football – the best player will always make his debut against Auburn. Always healthy. Always happens. He plays it always, it, uh, he will play. Um, but don't take that as me saying Bronny James is their best player. Their best player is Isaiah. He's not. You're close. Yeah. That's not even close. That's going to be uh, – they released it today. There's already 15 NBA teams scheduled to be there. And count. coming to Auburn Neville Arena, they coming to yeah. watch not just Isaiah Collier, but Boogie Ellis for USC, Bronny James, obviously, uh, Aiden Holloway, Janai Broom, Jalen Williams, Denver Jones. All those guys are going to be on showcase for that game. That's going to be a big one. That's going to be kind of like the the little the little taste of what you're going to get every single SEC matchup that you have this yeah. year because every single one is huge. Um, I can't wait to get started. Yeah. All right, so we'll be back uh, to discuss the Appalachian State game after it happens. Hopefully, have it up Monday morning, um, Sunday at noon. Uh, be sure to um, follow us on uh, Twitter, follow us on social media at Gray Oldenburg or at War Eagle Hoops. Uh, just give us a shout. We can stay updated to when the next podcast is coming out. And uh, thank you all for listening, and y'all have a good one.